0: This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, JOY. Keep JOY on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. JOY, a diverse sound for a diverse community.
1: Taking a look at the issues surrounding the health and well-being of our LGBTIQ communities, this is Well, 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 brought to you every week by Thorn Harbour Health. Welcome to Well, 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 where we delve into the issues impacting and surrounding the health and well-being of our gender, sex and sexually diverse communities. I'm your host, Rachel Cook. Joined this week at the Victorian Pride Centre with Jacinta Pennecam. How are you, Jacinta? I'm great, Rachel. How are you going? I'm very excited because you know I am quite the AFL and AFLW fan. So today we have on... um, uh, Tilly lucas Rod, who's from the St Kilda um, Football Club, who will be talking about visibility, uh, well, lesbian visibility in sports ahead of Lesbian Visibility Day, which takes place April 26th. So we'll be chatting a little bit about what it means to have that sort of representation um, in sports. What yeah. does visibility mean to you?
0: Well, visibility means a lot of things, but especially in the context of sport, it's been really interesting to see how things have developed especially over the last like few years Um, and for me my younger sister actually Rachel another Rachel um, is queer as well and she is very much into her AFLW and cricket and other sports and it's been amazing to watch the community who are out and proud and queer and involved in those team sports because it's just such a really welcoming really embracing place it's kind of like watching families really because these teams mean so much to the girls who are playing and it's it's really given her a space where she can you know come out and be accepted and not only accepted but celebrated so
1: yeah it's a really big big thing and I think with some people who might not be into sports or into football uh, you can sort of dismiss it as being something that uh, perhaps not being as impactful as it actually is because there is that element too it's actually uh, not just about the sport it's actually a really social yeah um,
0: completely yeah
1: as well so it is really exciting to be actually and just knowing from experience it is really hard sometimes to get any time with uh, people from the AFL community especially AFLW because they are so busy a lot of them do work full-time plus their role models so they are doing a lot of media, plus they've got, you know, their lives to live. You know, it's a really interesting article by Kate O'Halloran in the ABC the other day about just how hard AFLW players have to work to the point where the coaches... A lot of them who've been ex-AFL players who are now coaches in AFLW saying they have never seen athletes so exhausted as what some of these women are who are playing in terms of uh, those stories of them falling asleep on the way home from training because they're working full-time, they're training full-time, all their other media commitments. So that the fact that we have some of them standing up and being role models as well is just... Hats off, you know, just incredible incredible dedication to our communities. So we will be speaking with Tilly Lucas-Rodd from the St Kilda Football Club. That's all coming up after this. You're getting well, well, well with the team from Thorn Harbour Health. And we are joined now by Tilly Lucas-Rodd, who is a star player at St Kilda in the AFLW. Tilly, first of all, uh, congratulations on your best and fairest votes and also for making the All-Australian squad. It's been a pretty, pretty, pretty big year for you. Uh,
2: yeah, thanks. Um, it has been. It was a bit unexpected um, coming into this season. I didn't expect to probably um, have the output I did, but I move into the midfield um, help my game flourish. So I'm pretty pretty stoked with all the accolades um, that I've been able to get at the end of the season.
1: Great. And how are you enjoying your time at St Kilda?
2: Yeah, I love it. Um, I moved there. So this will be, I've done three years there so far, coming into my fourth next season. Um, I absolutely love it. I love the, the club and the, the staff that they've got, but also the girls. I think we've got a great bunch. Um, we really get along. Um, a bit like a, a group of best friends or sisters down there. So I'm, I love it there.
0: Fantastic. And Tilly, you've played Aussie rules since you were pretty young. Were you about four years old? Is that right? Yes, yeah, so about three or four. Um, I lived wow. across the road from my local
2: um, Auskick club in Richmond. So my brother, he's a, he's two years older than me. So he was just starting Auskick and um, mum needed something to, I guess, keep us occupied on a Saturday morning. So she'd drop us there when she went to do the, the market shopping in the morning. So that's how I got started.
1: And so what was it like, you know, starting um, playing football back then and attitudes to girls playing football and then how you've seen that change up until, you know, your first game of AFLW?
2: Yeah, it's been a big shift. So I guess I was pretty fortunate that um, my local club, I didn't experience any negative attitudes. So I played um, with a lot of my school friends in the boys team, so I was one of the only girls, and then about halfway through playing there, when I was maybe 12, another girl joined in. Um, so it was only us two. Uh, I didn't really get a lot of a lot of backlash from my own team. Sometimes when I played opposition teams, I'd, there'd be comments about, you know, you can't tackle the girl, or I don't want to play on the girl. Um, so I just try and prove them wrong, and I think I did a pretty good job at that. Um, <laughs> but as we've seen, we've seen the game progress so much with all the publicity, and then the AFOW. I think attitudes have changed a lot. I think you see now, even recently on social media, I saw a lot of ex-AFL men's players coaching their their daughter's teams. I think it was Trent Cotchen was a nice photo of him on the weekend with his daughter who was playing. So I think attitudes are slowly changing. I think we've still got a, a fair way to go. You see some social media comments or even here on the street, there's some comments that may be a bit backwards still, but I think attitudes are slowly changing.
1: And what was your first AFLW game?
2: Yeah, so I was really fortunate to play in their very first one. So I was at Carlton and we played Carlton Collingwood at Icon Park um, under lights. I think we had about, it was a lockout for 20, 23,000, 25,000 maybe. Um, it was incredible. Like I still, I still don't think I realise the significance of it. I'm, I don't think I will until I stop playing. Um, but, you know, to hear the stories of how much it means to older women, I think that's the main thing. For me, it was an incredible experience. But to hear how much it meant for the older women, the pioneers of our game, you know they're in the stands crying because finally it happened maybe not for them when they're playing but to see other people get to experience that it's a pretty incredible feeling
1: I was actually at that game and it was that was absolutely it was like being at a moment in history it was I don't think anyone was expecting the level of emotion Um, and I remember people were jumping Mm. over the fence to get in because they they couldn't get in and (laughs) yeah, yeah amazing moment in history
2: yeah, my cousin, actually, I think her and her partner were locked out, so they um, jumped one of the fences. I probably shouldn't say that, but yeah, they jumped the <laughs> fence to get in. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> it's a pretty significant moment, I think, that will, like, yeah, it's their etching history forever. Absolutely.
0: Tilly, who were your sports role models growing up? Were, was there anyone who really stuck out for you?
2: Mostly men's football players, as Um, Hopefully now young (laughs) girls and women can say it's it's female players, but I was a huge Melbourne fan growing up. I used to go to the MCG with my extended family every week to watch Melbourne. So people like Cameron, Bruce, Brad Green, David Neitz, um, I have a really cute photo with some of them at a Melbourne family day with my face painted um, in Melbourne colours. So those those players were kind of my idols and people I looked up to.
1: And what about actual um, LGBTIQ role models, was there anyone who was publicly out at the time?
2: Not anyone that I can remember significantly. I think for me, um, my mum's best friend from high school was is gay, so she's a lesbian. Um, and I think that she was my first, I guess, visible um, queer role model or person that I knew that was in the queer community. So, I think for it was it wasn't someone you know a, a role model on TV as such, but someone actually in my everyday life. And I think um, as I got a bit older and started playing, I played cricket as well. So the, my role models were often people that I played within a team. So when I was you know in my teens, I played women's cricket and I think um, I saw a lot of powerful queer women that were really proud of who they were um, and that they were my role models rather than you know a celebrity or someone like that. I think it's changed now. I think we see a lot more visible um, queer role models on TV and movies and things like that and in the news, but back then it was more people that I had direct connection with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we know that there are a significant number of AFLW players and you know, women in cricket and soccer and other sports who are part of the LGBTQ community. Do you think that players feel comfortable being open about their sexuality in the AFLW?
2: Yeah, I think so. I definitely. Um, I think that it's not something that I guess is overly thought about for me personally, and some of my friends. It's not something that um, we double, we we think twice about being who we are and being proud of who we are. I think we've come from backgrounds and from environments where it's okay to be who you are, and I guess be open about your sexuality. And I think that transpires for us being open publicly in the AFOW landscape. I can't speak for everyone, but I think most people are comfortable with their sexuality. It's obviously a personal journey. Um, it's something that can be quite hard regardless of where you come from Um, but I think we see a lot of players being comfortable and even people like Darcy and Tori they've come out uh, as non-binary so I think people are starting to explore I guess that gender side of things as well and being more comfortable with that
1: You came out publicly in The Age in 2019 what was behind the decision to, to to do that?
2: Think that was the article? Was was that with Bree? That article? Yeah, yeah. The memory? Yeah, yeah. So I think um, for me, I was I was out when I was about fifteen or sixteen to my friends and family. So that's ten years ago now. Um, so it probably wasn't a lot of thought put into coming out publicly in the in the paper. I was already out to everyone I knew and everyone in my everyday life. I think a journal just asked to do an article. One of Um, the journalist is a a friend of mine so she asked to do the article and I was like yeah why not like of course I didn't think as I said I don't think twice about that um, which is I'm really fortunate not to have to think twice about it because I have great support around me Um, but yeah I think the more visibility and the more people I guess the more we normalise it the better Um, so for me it was just this is my partner someone I love dearly I'm happy and proud of my sexuality I'm comfortable and I'm privileged to be able to be comfortable so if I can talk about it and help someone else, I guess, maybe feel comfortable or feel more accepted, then why not?
0: Yeah. What was the response like? Was there anyone who got in touch to, I guess, communicate how it did help them or was there any backlash?
2: Yeah, I think I'm really lucky. I don't often get a lot of backlash uh, or I don't read into it. I don't try not to read too many comments on public posts. But um, I've definitely, from that, I've definitely had people reach out that say that that me being so proud and I guess so open um, and comfortable has helped them maybe explore their sexuality or gender or tell their family and friends. So that's pretty heartwarming when you see that, I guess, something that can seem insignificant to me like a social media post or speaking publicly, um, which I'm totally comfortable with, can help someone else. Um, And when you get those messages, I guess, kind of spurs me on to do this more because the more I can talk about it, the more everyone can talk about it and normalise it. I guess it's going to help um, young people, young and old, to do, feel, feel the same in
1: their life. Tilly, why is visibility important, do you think, and, and, and how do you think it changes things for the better?
2: I think, as I was saying before, I think visibility is really important because um, when I think guess when you're a part of a minority group or something that isn't, I guess, the norm, in quotation marks, um, the more visible we can make it and the more normalised it becomes, I guess, the more acceptance there is. And I think on in our platform as AFLW Athletes or whenever, if you have a platform of any form, the more you can spread awareness and be visible. Um, I guess it helps everyone else feel more comfortable in themselves. Um, and I think that it's changing slowly. I think we're seeing more role models and people, especially in the queer community, come out, um, whether it be people that are gay or lesbian or even... You know, we see more trans and non-binary um, role models that are feeling more comfortable and, and, and spreading visibility. I think that we can create conversations and educate people uh, and it's just going to, I guess, make society more accepting. So hopefully one day there's never going to have to be a thing that's coming out because everything is just going to be normal and everything can be whoever you are, whether, you know, love who you want, express yourself and your gender however you, however you desire and it's not going to be such a big, I guess, issue.
1: Things you know, they they do seem to have changed for the better. I mean, I remember when um, the Herald Sun made the decision to shut down comments on any AFLW story because the amount of um, offensive nature of some of the, the the responses. And I've noticed that has changed throughout social media as well, where there was a lot of comments that were were pretty disparaging, and now being a lot more a lot more um, positive. H- have you noticed a big shift in attitudes towards women playing? AFL, you know, in the, in the last five seasons?
2: Yeah, for sure. I think as, as a whole, society's come a, a long way in their acceptance of AFLW. Um, but I'm, I guess I sometimes would look on the, the worst post, I guess, to look at are probably like the mainstream, like Seven AFL or just the AFL men's channel. I think if you look at some of those comments, um, they can still be pretty shocking, the comments you might see. Um, I do know that that a lot of work goes into policing comments and, and, and moderating them. So I think, yes, as, in, as a whole, we've come a long way by go out and do a talk to someone or a school or a, or a business. I think there's, there's lots of positive conversations, but I think when people are at home on their, behind their screens, there can still be some pretty um, shocking comments, but power to the people that have the job of moderating them and deleting comments because it probably wouldn't be a great job to have.
1: I think also uh, power to women in AFLW, how, how you've handled some of it. I was just thinking about the whole Taylor, Har- Taylor Harris, um, what happened, you know, which was pretty disgusting, um, the responses that um, yeah. that she was getting. But, but what I've noticed is that when these things have happened, um, you all just really stand up for each other and you just have really great ways of uh, – uh, of talking about the issue and and sort of shutting it down is that um something that i don't know it just comes naturally to you or do you all sort of sort of talk about how you should be handling it and sort of how much time does it sort of you know take up really
2: yeah for sure i think the afrw is a really powerful community of players i think we all get around each other and try and support each other i know with with tay's comments um Heaps uh, I can imagine heaps of people would have reached out to her to to throw their support behind her. And I know we all called the comments out publicly along with her. Um, And I think that that, I mean, I guess it comes from a a few places. I think that a lot of us have grown up playing sport together. So I played local footy with someone, with Tay. So you have those connections where you actually know them um, from pre-AFOW. But also I think that we realise we're all in this together regardless of what club you play for, we all receive the same comments and we all know how they can affect you and we want to make the game grow and make the society a better place. So I think we band together to try and stamp out these attitudes and call it out um, because I think we feel a bit of responsibility to do that.
0: Yeah, it's power in numbers and helping shift that cultural attitude, definitely. Do you think that men's AFL will eventually be as openly accepting of LGBTIQ players Um, you know, will more men be comfortable to come out or be visible if that attitude does eventually shift?
2: I really hope so. I think statistically, if you look at the numbers, there's got to be some LGBTQI uh, male athletes in in the AFL men. um, And I really hope they get to a place where they're comfortable. I think it's a personal journey and I can imagine the first player to come out will receive a lot of media attention, a lot of backlash, a lot of support. So... Maybe that's holding them back because it's, I guess, being that first one would be quite scary. Um, I really hope they get there. I know that, you know, coming from, a lot of them come from private boys' schools and things like that where I can't imagine the the attitude that they grow up with and the environment is too accepting. Um, but I hope as, not just in the men's, the AFL space, but I hope as society, I guess, changes and, and attitudes change, that these boys will grow up in environments where, being queer or being gay is normalised and accepted so that when they get to, I guess, the AFL space, they already have those attitudes ingrained so it's easy for them to come out and be who they are.
1: That's a really interesting point, actually, because I think that for a lot of us we just think of the AFL as being this historically sort of homophobic place and then, but really for a lot of those men who were boys growing up through the football system and and as through private schools as you were saying there would have been just really never a space where they would have they've never really known the space where that would have been comfortable in the first place and hopefully yeah for sure and I think
2: like that's why yeah that's why I think I'm so lucky like I played local footy at St Kilda Sharks where anything anything went doesn't didn't matter who you were you're accepted so I got to I guess Discover my sexuality in a really welcoming and open environment where you know, you look at these boys They're not just in I guess that environment now, but they've also grown up in that environment So as you said, they've never had a chance to really explore themselves in a comfortable open environment So I guess that that after a long period of time, I guess you would suppress things or or be ashamed Um, So hopefully that can change
1: um now I want to ask you also but this is we know that there are a number of AFLW players who do have their partners also play AFLW what is that like actually doing that like either playing with your partner who might be on the same team as you but then also playing or playing them if if they're in opposition like you know how, how do you navigate that
2: yeah I've done both um I've played with a partner In my team And then then against them It's an interesting Interesting week When you're leading up Especially (laughs) to play against them Um, You might (laughs) Yeah normally You're quite quite open Especially when you play With your partner I think it's easier Because you can talk about Things that have happened Game plan um, Selection things That you can discuss all that But when they're the opposition I guess that That part's all taken away Um, And especially the week Leading up You don't speak about game plan Or anything like that at all So it can be a quiet household Because most (laughs) of us is is most of our life right so you you i guess there's just radio silence in the house for a week um but when you're on field i found that it's just it's just normal like you don't i haven't thought twice i mean when i was with brie i guess she was a lot bigger than me so if i knew if we had to come up in a contest there's no chance i was going to hurt her but um she probably could have hurt me so maybe she thought twice but i didn't have that the same thought <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's really quite complex. That thing of like, yeah, what, what are you going to speak about for this week?
2: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, especially when especially when you're dating someone like when I was dating Bree, um, such a I guess influential player. We had plans to stop her and things like that or conversations, but I couldn't ever share them with her about how we're going to try and mitigate her influence on
1: on the football field. <laughs> Did she ever try and get it out of you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did sometimes
0: <laughs> try and, like, push
1: me,
2: but um,
1: <laughs> just
2: try and, try and keep it tight, touch it.
0: Yeah. Uh, what has been the best thing about being open within AFLW and publicly?
2: Oh, um, in AFLW, I think that, if that we get to be a role model. I think that mm. I don't take that for granted. I know the power of my platform and I take real responsibility in, um, advocating for for the right things and for me that is one of the big things is for the is for queer people in the queer community um, And I think that's awesome that I get to be able to do that because as I said for me It's not a big deal being being gay um, But I know for others it, it can be quite a significant thing So I I take real pride in that the fact that I get to be a role model um, And publicly I guess I just love being able to be who I am. I think growing up I had a really supportive family and friends But even I went through a really hard time coming out. There was a lot of shame, um, internal shame that I had and a lot of, it was a really hard time to come out to my my family, even though they were completely supportive. I went through a hard few months um, when I was coming out to them and that was for someone that had really supportive family and friends. I can't imagine what it would be like for someone else that wasn't in that situation. So I just, every day I'm thankful that I have um, great people around me and I'm able to be who I am and not have that shame and guilt anymore, I guess.
1: Just finally, what is the message that you would like to send to young people who identify as LGBTIQ and might be either in the, you know, thinking about coming out and also, you know, thinking about, you know, getting involved in, in sports?
2: Um, for those coming out, I do, I'm a teacher, so I work with um, some young, some young LGBTQI, um people. And I think that they're absolutely awesome. They're much cooler than I ever was. Um, they're much more educated and, and self-aware than I ever was. So they're doing a pretty good job, the young people today. Um, but for those that want to come out, I guess it's never... My message would be it's never as bad as it seems. I think that I had a lot of shame and, and internal angst when I was going through that. Um, and as soon as I started to come out, I guess that all, that all went away and I had people that accepted me and loved me. And even if you don't, I think that you'll find your people. Like as you get older, you find your, whether it's in, in sport or in music or in anything, um, you'll find your people and you'll find your, your support crew that love you for who you are. Um, so I would say to young people, just just keep, keep being you, keep doing you. Um, you'll, you'll find your, your crew in life um, and they'll love you for who you are. And for those that want to get involved in sport, I think the same messaging. Um, sport for me has given me a great social circle, it's given me, you know, it's improved my physical and mental health. I think if sport is so important in people's lives. I understand that for for queer people it can be quite a daunting experience. Um, getting involved in a the team is, you know, you might not think you'll be accepted and things like that, but once again, you'll find your fit, um, explore different sports, get involved in as many things as you can um, and hopefully you'll find your place and you'll get to really enjoy the benefits that physical activity can bring.
1: Absolutely. Uh, What a great message. Thank you so much for speaking to us today, Tilly, and good luck with your football career. It's been amazing so far. As a Carlton supporter, absolutely (laughs) gutted that you're not on our team anymore. Um, But, uh, yeah, good luck. Good luck for um, next season, and hopefully we'll get to speak to you again soon on Joy.
2: Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for listening to Well, 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 your show for LGBTIQ health and well-being presented by Joy sponsor, Thorn Harbour Health. For more on these topics and much more, check out Thorn Harbour on social media at Thorn Harbour or via the website, thornharbour.org.
0: Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au.